0: How do you know you're lost if you've never been there before? How do you ask for directions to a destination you aren't even sure you're heading towards? This is First You Hustle, a podcast from the Columbus College of Art and Design, meant to help students and budding creative professionals put their expertise to use. (music) I'm your host, Jordan Bell. Your career search will only be as strong as your level of interest and passion for what you are learning. College is challenging, but it doesn't need to be a struggle. Today we're discussing resources to help you take advantage of your time at college, make the right decisions, and keep focused on your development as a professional. We'll hear from a student who hesitated to make a crucial change to her major.
1: What are they going to think? If I change it, like, are they going to think that I'm, like, doubting myself? Which I was, but I didn't want them to know that. My name is Alyssa Stanger. I'm an illustration major. I'm a junior right now, but I started as an animation major.
0: And we'll hear how her journey isn't your prognosis. There are many factors that might make it hard for you to progress, but changing your major doesn't solve all of them. The key is starting the conversation as soon as you feel things aren't going the way you planned.
2: Being okay with um, having a difficult moment and that, you know, you might need to talk to somebody about what resources are on campus. That's really important. Just taking that step to recognize the need for help. My name is Athena Sanders. I'm the Assistant Dean of Students for Support Services.
0: If you feel like you're on board the struggle bus, well, this is your stop. We're talking about support services at college and why they are, oh, so very important. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to First You Hustle. A quick plug that this podcast is available for subscription, so please do subscribe on whatever channels most convenient for you. It could be YouTube at youtube.com slash ccadedu. You could subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and you can like us on facebook.com slash first you hustle. At the time of this release, it is mid-October. Fall is in the air. It's getting darker sooner. The semester is in mid-swing, and it feels like this is the time of the semester when everything is happening all at once. Everyone's been sick, myself included, but don't worry, I've checked you can't catch a cold through a podcast. If you've been feeling like you are struggling to keep up with everything, this is the time of year that can feel like quicksand, where not talking to the right people, not understanding the options that are available to you, will just make you sink deeper and deeper. We're going to hear a story about a current student's transition between majors And how that helped her renew her passion for her work and ultimately made her life a whole lot easier. You'll hear her sense of relief as we go through the interview. Alyssa started at CCAD thinking big animation studios were on her horizon. But without formal training in high school, she found herself not sure what to expect about what it means to be an animator. And more importantly, what it means to be an animation student. When things didn't click, she wasn't exactly sure what to do. She eventually found her way and she shares her journey with us, as well as her advice for what she'd say to the students coming up behind her.
1: So I guess if there's anybody that is maybe feeling these kind of things and they're considering um, maybe changing their major or going a different route um, and you're feeling bad about it, don't. (laughs) Don't feel bad about it because that's what I did for a year. And that was probably the worst part um, was the self-doubt and making it make you're making it worse for yourself Um, And it's really not that bad. (laughs) It's really not that big of a deal. Um, Just because one thing didn't work out for you doesn't mean something else won't. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be here. Um, I found out animation wasn't for me. I still really love like animation in general. um, But it's just more something that I love as like an outside source (laughs) rather than creating it. Um, And also use CCAD's resources. I did not as much as I should have besides um, self-service, which was helpful, I should have sat down more with somebody from say advising um, and talked to them about it. I looked at the what if plan. Um, Self-service has the what if plans where your academic plan is. um, So you can see if you're considering another major or a minor that shows you what the curriculum for that major or minor is they'll tell you what classes you need what you can take as far as um, electives go and that's what i i did a lot of (laughs) i looked at that a lot i liked all of the classes that were on illustrations minor better than my animation major so i think that was probably the biggest slap in the face when i was like just do it because i was founding like oh i want all these classes i don't want these ones and that was what i needed so i was like i'm just gonna
0: switch them But switching took a long journey, almost two years of classes at CCAD as an animation major. And we're going through something for the first time. It can take a long time to figure out that it isn't for you.
1: As I got farther into the semester and the projects got a little bit more complicated and um, more actually tuned to the animating part, that was when I started to hate it. (laughs) I was hating it. I didn't want to do it. And I was finding that I was only doing the homework because I had to and I wasn't putting really any heart into it, and I wasn't enjoying the process, which is what I loved in the drawing part. (laughs) I liked drawing and I liked the concept designs and stuff, so I actually found I liked the design aspect more than the animation part, But then it was also like the end of the year i was thinking i'm just stressed out and this was only the first class that i'd taken and i knew going into this that animation was hard (laughs) um i didn't think it was going to be easy i wasn't expecting that at all and for somebody who has no experience in it um i figured that's just kind of normal to not want to do it you know and i was talking to my roommates about it they're like oh it's probably this you know what i just said it's probably because you just started and you've only had so many classes because we had all of those core classes we had to get out of the way So I'm like, okay, I'll just schedule for some more classes next semester and see how that goes.
0: After meeting with an advisor, Alyssa found herself taking more classes in illustration, and that's where the light bulb began to illuminate.
1: So I was going into illustration because that was what I was doing in my free time. I found I was drawing more than I was doing the animation part. I I liked the illustration classes. I actually had fun doing the homework I'd found, which should have been my biggest clue at that point. Um, I really found myself like wanting to do the homework instead of feeling like I should do it just to do it. And I was putting more effort into it than was actually required.
0: But even after that, Alyssa was still unsure about whether changing majors was a good idea. She was hesitant to completely stop something she had already put over a year into.
1: Yeah, I felt kind of like I should just stick it out because I'd already started it. And that's how I kind of approach a lot of stuff that I do. Um... But it was very draining emotionally, Um, and I was also going through other stuff at that time that just didn't help that process at all. Um, It also felt like I really wasn't, like, knowing who I was as an artist because I really wasn't producing anything. I felt like I had gotten more stuff done in high school than I did in my first two years uh here at ccd which isn't the school's fault i don't i I mean at first i thought i actually was thinking maybe i should just transfer Mm -hmm. (laughs) i thought maybe it was the school but after a lot of thought and looking into it it really wasn't so i felt as an artist i was at like a low point because i didn't have anything to show for being here for two years Mm -hmm. um and then I was like, oh, I was building all these expectations I was going to be this big animator. And my family and my friends were all like, at you know, back home. They're like, oh, I'll see you on the big screen, you know, in the credits. And I was, and I know that means nothing. <laughs> That's just them being friends and family. Like, that I understood. But it, it did, like, it was still in the back of my mind for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember um, sitting at home when I was texting my mom about it, and she helped me out too, but I was, like, thinking... What are they gonna think if I change it? Like, are they gonna think that I'm like doubting myself? Which I was, but I didn't want them to know that because that's the kind of part like about me that I usually don't share with them. So I was like, well, I think I'm gonna change my major, and they're like, why? Like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, and I and I pretty much like poured my heart out about it to my mom. Like, oh, I don't, I don't have anything. I'm not having any fun. And I can't tell if it's because of, you know, all that stuff that was going on at the time in my own personal life or if it was just because I was in the wrong place. But I also was so hesitant because she didn't understand why I just waited so long. Because mm-hmm. at this point, it was like a year. <laughs> She's like, well, we'll just do it. Why didn't you do it and I, before when you were considering it? And I was like, I don't know. And now now that I actually have changed it and I can look back on it, it was all this, like, just feelings of stubbornness. Like, Like I said before, I like to stick things out and see them through even if they don't work out for me, which in this case was not a good idea.
0: (laughs) You are only a college student once, so you never really know what is normal.
1: Oh, I'm sure everybody thinks it's like really, really bad. In the beginning, like the process of the learning is not as fun, like once you can actually get it and once it clicks, that's where everything gets great.
0: Compounded by the wait and see mentality, was the fact that Alyssa wasn't sure what her peers in animation were going through.
1: Really, I didn't actually have a lot of friends in my classes. Um, I had a couple, um, and she was into more experimental animation, so we were in completely different focuses. But she seemed to love everything she was doing. Um, I knew I definitely didn't want to do uh, experimental. I was kind of on the fence of 2D. I rather would have just done 3D because that's what I liked the most, Um, and I did like that process a little bit better. My friends were all in other majors, so they they were trying to help out in that aspect. But yeah, I think it would have helped probably if I did have more animation major friends. But at that point, I didn't.
0: When that first summer came, Alyssa felt a moment of relief.
1: Um, well, I was very happy to get out of school <laughs> at the beginning. I was very happy to go home and just take a break because I was so drained. Like I just felt very artistically done for like a break. Not done forever, of course. Um, I did do some work over the summer, personal stuff. But that's when I kind of like relaxed a little bit more, which is why I thought I was just stressed out at the end of the semester and I just wanted to go home. And that's why I wasn't wanting to do any of my work because I didn't have that animation class first semester. I was really just doing the core stuff and the liberal arts that we have to do. So it felt like normal, like high school stuff. So that was fine. Second semester when we finally got into it, then I wasn't really liking it. I liked in the beginning Towards the end, I didn't like it, which was more tuned to what I was being focused in anyways.
0: It was then that meeting with her advisor that set her down the track toward illustration.
1: Yeah, I talked to my advisor, who is actually not here anymore um, for illustration, but she was like, she, she kind of suggested maybe taking the illustration classes for my minor in the fall and taking a break from the 3D classes just to see like how that went. Um, but I didn't want to fall behind in case I did decide to keep my animation major, so I actually took Video 1 and Storyboard, which are both required for um, animation, and she thought that that might even incorporate itself into Illustration too. so they were beneficial in both ways, just in case. Um, And I actually didn't mind those classes. Um, I took a lot of information from both of them, even though they're not necessarily tuned to Illustration, I still use that. Mm -hmm in me. So they weren't a waste of time or anything, Um, but I didn't mind them. So that's why I thought, oh, maybe it was all that stress and that's, I'm still where I should be. So I didn't know until the spring semester when I took animation classes again, that I didn't like it.
0: Now two years in, Alyssa finally made the switch to illustration and the difference is clear.
1: Oh, um, because I love it (laughs) now. I I actually really like my homework. I get excited about it. Um, It's fun and I feel like I just have this more like confidence in like my artistic abilities. I actually feel like I have gotten, I feel like I've developed my skills more in the last two semesters than I had in two years.
0: (laughs) That road to recognizing that things weren't right took a long time to traverse. And it's not automatically an issue of wrong major. As we'll detail later in the episode, there are many reasons that might hold someone back. It could be learning style, class choices within a major, creative blocks keeping you from moving forward on projects. Later on, we'll discuss those reasons and the resources to help you overcome them. Back to Alyssa, though, she now found a sense of relief being in the right major, but also a little behind.
1: I do, a little bit. Um, That does come up. I was was actually just in class the other day for self-promotion with illustrators, where our professor said that he wanted two comps. And I looked and I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And and it sounds like so basic, but I had no idea. And everybody else seemed to understand it. But luckily there was a girl that was in that class with me who actually also changed from animation to illustration at the same time. And she was like, yeah, I don't know what that is either. (laughs) So we asked a friend and she's like, it's just like a final drawing, like a sketch. So I'm like, oh, that's simple. And I had no idea what that was because I'm missing out on some of this terminology that people got in their freshman year. Um, so it's in small ways. it comes up where I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm reminded that I that I got in late. I did, we didn't really touch a lot on color theory in freshman year, and that might just be because of the curriculum. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel like much better about it now than I did say at the beginning of the semester even, so like I can see like even just in a, the span of a few weeks, I'm learning a lot more now.
0: And that means prioritizing time. Alyssa will need to load up on credits while also juggling other opportunities.
1: I was supposed to take 18 credits this semester, which is not too bad, but I was also going to start a new job on campus, and then I also wanted to get involved in the art fair, um, if I get in. But I wanted to do all this stuff, and 18 credits sounded like a nightmare, (laughs) especially with the experience I've had in the last few years, everything that I was doing was taking up so much of my time that I barely had time to breathe. Now that all of my classes are strictly illustration, I feel like I have a lot of free time. <laughs> I actually feel like I have more time because my work, I can just sit down and get stuff done that I need to in increments, um, which you can do in animation, but I felt like I needed to get everything done at once.
0: <laughs> That's a good sign you're swimming against the current. If creative projects are chores, then that doesn't really help you craft your work in the best way. As Alyssa mentions, a good sign is looking at what you do in your free time. From here, Alyssa talks about her decision to change her major as a need for her career goals. If you do the same thing, you might find you are in the right major, but maybe there's something else keeping you behind that needs to change.
1: It's something you should think about because I thought about it for a year (laughs) and I think the biggest thing I thought about was too, was how is this going to affect my career? How is this going to, you know, develop the skills that I need to get to the place that I want to be? Which is what Charlotte helped me with. Because I was considering double majoring, and she said, don't do that. She's like, whatever is on your diploma is not going to matter. Employers are not going to care what's on your diploma. They might consider it, and it can be important. But really, it's your portfolio. And the work that you're showing is going to say everything for you. You know, and there are people actually who majored in graphic design who work in illustration or there are people who work in film and work in animation now and it can they can all integrate yeah and also talk about it with your friends most especially artists or teachers they'll be able to help you (laughs) and also look at your own work what are you doing in your free time because in my free time i was producing illustrations when i should have been making animations they say like what you do in your free time is what you probably should be doing in your work so that will really, you're, really, you're going to be able to tell yourself what you should be doing, even if your brain's telling you one thing. What your work is doing is going to tell you another thing.
0: That's one story, and it's not the story. Your academic training should be challenging. It should be hard, but it also should be a mountain you are happy to climb. For Alyssa, she decided to try a different trail. For you, it may be trying a different tactic, utilizing resources to change the way you learn, or modifying what you are learning, or finding different approaches to your creative projects. The things I love about Student Affairs, the division I work in, is that we're all about creating productive, positive learning environments. No one knows this better than Assistant Dean of Students, Athena Sanders, who oversees the student support services at CCAD. We sat down to discuss what those services are and how you can take advantage of them.
2: So as you mentioned, I oversee support services here at CCAD, and that encompasses uh, three specific offices, but also some just specific work I do uh, individually and uniquely in my role. Um, so those offices include academic advising, uh, learning support, and counseling and wellness. And other ways that I am helpful sort of individually to students is to help them navigate these different situations that they encounter Um uh, you know, personally and or in the classroom. Um, and help to be a sounding board for any issues they may be having and making referrals uh, out to other offices or trying to connect them with those offices. Um, And walking students through uh, different options that they may have, whether those are academic options, um, future options for enrollment, or even doing some role play for how to engage their faculty in a conversation, you know, if they're struggling or having an an experience that isn't going well or impeding, you know, their success. So those three areas, um, generally, though, are where I refer out the most when I'm interacting with students
0: okay let's walk through some of those uh, areas specifically so academic advising I think most people think of it as that's where I go to schedule classes but what more is there to academic advising?
2: Absolutely, so other than the class scheduling, uh, helping the students uh, stay on track for their academic plan, monitoring degree progress is a really um, important step that students can take with advisors. But in those conversations every semester, uh, there's rapport building that happens and we begin to understand the students' overall goals and their interest and we can point them into uh, directions of unique um, extracurricular activities, whether that is a student organization Uh, an interesting co-op or internship opportunity and what that process looks like, but also to help them navigate those difficult moments. So I always tell students, if you don't know where to start or where to go when you're having an issue, the best uh, first place is your advisor. So students can make appointments with advisors at the one stop, uh, either in person or by calling. And our advisors are here to listen. We're here to work with students on long-term goals. And if there is a problem that's outside the scope of their job, they're really, really great at connecting students with other resources on campus and knowing you know, who is the best office to help them.
0: So if a student is feeling, uh, especially like a first year or sophomore student that's still early on in their program, uh, feeling like they're struggling or this isn't what they really signed up for, Academic advising, it sounds like, might be able to identify um, other classes they could be taking in that major or will be taking. So the eager student that is like, I'm not doing enough uh, animation, you know, so to speak, or whatever. Um, and also to identify, you mentioned extracurriculars. So not it's not just classes, but they can help to connect to professional organizations, things like that.
2: Yeah, I think they can make the recommendations for um, steps they could take to do that. They may not know the specifics of each one, but connecting them with perhaps a great faculty mentor in their department, if that department has a program coordinator or even to the chair uh, of that department, to talk about uh, other ways to be engaged in a program or kind of assessing whether or not that's the right fit for them, um, as well as thinking about opportunities around campus, such as student organizations, uh, maybe a collective within that student's major. Um, so those are those are some different options that, that might come up in those types of conversations.
0: And then you mentioned learning support services, which isn't automatically something a student is going to interact with. So at what point do they, should they turn to learning support services and, and what can they find out when they're there?
2: So first I'll summarize sort of, uh, uh, you know, the bullet point of services that um, exist within learning support. And those include our uh, peer tutoring program, the creative coaches. So these are upper class students that can provide inspiration or advice or even some technical skills and instruction um, for a student who may be struggling in a particular area. We also have one-on-one academic coaching. So if students are feeling as if they're not managing their time well, they're having uh, difficulty with organizing work and their um their job and sorting out you know their weekly schedule and where does that you know where does that time for homework fit in it's something we can sit down with students and take a look at give them some tips and strategies for time management and help coach them through the different styles that that may you know fit their needs Uh, one of the biggest services that we offer in learning support is disability accommodations So those are provided for students who may have a cognitive, psychological, or medical or physical disability um, to provide them equal access to their education. And so accommodations are, you know, both reasonable and appropriate for the limitations that may be presented by a disability. Um, And we can work with students on getting accommodations that – may not guarantee success, but ultimately provide equal access and a way to uh, relieve or alleviate some of those limitations they're experiencing. So these may include the ability to take uh, breaks from classes, um, the ability to have extended time on testing. And so we have uh, processes and procedures for students that they can follow for those. So the great thing about learning support is we have walk-in hours every day, Monday through Friday, 11 to 12. So if students are not sure if learning support is the appropriate office to help them or if they're just curious to understand more about our um, procedures and our services, they're welcome to stop by. Uh, We're in Crane Center on the first floor, uh, back down the Student Affairs Hallway. And uh, we can also make referrals out to other offices as well.
0: Great. Let's talk about um, some of those other offices that are at CCAD. I know we covered the two big um, student support offices, the ones that you oversee, uh, but just so that people can kind of put it in, the on the spectrum of all that's here Um, counseling and wellness center just briefly what is that resource and when do they know to go there as opposed to maybe coming to an advisor or learning support
2: so our counseling and wellness center is really dedicated to um, providing confidential counseling services to students for a variety of mental health concerns so if a student is feeling um, anxiety uh, depression stress um, having some social interactions that um, are you know sort of limiting their ability to to feel well. Uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis, or um, really uh, presenting barriers to feeling like they want to be motivated to go to class, uh, to complete assignments. I think that um, the wellness center, uh, counseling and wellness center, is a great place for students to go to try to help process some of those feelings and to get some strategies for how to um, build up um, skills and coping strategies. You know, to navigate those different feelings um, while they're while they're in college. And the counseling and wellness center also does a lot of uh, educational programming. So they have some therapy groups on campus. They host our wellness week every year as well as thrive week at the end of each semester so you know if you like those petting zoos and the therapy dogs that come to campus um, that's our counseling center and so they're all uh, licensed certified counselors um, very confidential they also have walk-in hours uh, urgent walk-in hours monday through friday 11 to 12 as well and also in crane center
0: creative coaches i think everyone knows they're creative coaches at ccd but people might not know what that means or what they're used for either
2: Sure. So this is where if a student, especially a first year student, but um, a, a, any student really who may be having, a, you know, in, in the liberal arts world, when a writer refers to having writer, writer's block, this is where a student is feeling like they might be having like a creative block or a slump or having difficulty interpreting an assignment and its expectations, or perhaps maybe having some technical skill um, difficulty with, you know, um, understanding uh, foreshortening, for example, in the world of drawing or uh, software program issues. Um, So these are students who have done very well in particular areas on campus and they are recommended by their faculty to be peer tutors. And so they work from the learning support office and are employees of our office. They hold walk-in hours throughout the week and students can come to them for advice, inspiration, for kind of getting over a hurdle in in a block or a barrier of an assignment. But, like I said, also do some coaching on those technical skills. And we know that students working with other students um, is a really uh, great way to connect with peers, but also to um, you know work with somebody who's actually practicing and going through the same experience that they are uh, is really beneficial. So um, they can check in with learning support. Um, some of the students specialize in certain areas, so it's it's good for students to get uh, paired up with a creative coach that is their strength is in an area where they're having uh, difficulty.
0: And then last one, um, writing centre or writing support. Where can students go for that type of thing?
2: Yeah, so uh, our English department and the chair of that area, Dr. Josh Butts, coordinates the writing center, and it's located in the one-stop, and there's a meeting room right to the right when students enter into the one-stop, and there is an appointment binder on the board. And so they also have our history tutors there. So students can come to the writing and our history tutors for a variety of reasons, whether it's comprehending um, sort of an ask from an instructor on an assignment, um, interpreting you know what the what the um, result of a paper is supposed to be and working through um, you know the thought flow of a paper down to some technical issues and um, it's it's, free-for-all students for a variety of different reasons, from freshmen up through seniors, we see students coming in and the art, the art history tutors can be incredibly helpful um, in just understanding the context of that and how that relates to their education, um, but also digging in deeper to some of the, the concepts and the periods of art and helping to understand those, those assignments.
0: Again, if a student is feeling overwhelmed or they're feeling lost, what is that number one first step they should take?
2: I think first is to recognize that, you know, I I might need some help, and that's okay. You know, I think being okay with um, having a difficult moment and that, you know, you might need to talk to somebody about what resources are on campus. That's really important. Just taking that step to recognize the need for help. And then the second thing is, you know, do some research and or contact your academic advisor. And, um, you know, they'd be happy to sort of listen to what some of the issues are that you're experiencing, and point you in the right direction. You know, my CCD has a lot of information too. And so if students want to do a little more self research on what offices are here to help and what we do, that's another great place for them to go.
0: The key is to go. If you feel a shadow of doubt looming over you, talk to your advisor. Maybe, but unlikely you're like Alyssa need to switch majors. More likely, you should be particular about the classes that you do take, but probably you'll find that you're on the right track and need some creative support, some tutoring, or other help becoming the best you can possibly be. Raise that hand now and you won't regret it. To wrap up, let's meet someone who works in learning support, our learning support coordinator, Mallory Clem. She sat down for my recurring five-question segment where we learn a little bit more about these staff in Student Affairs.
3: Well, my name is Mallory Clem, and I am the Learning Support Coordinator in the Learning Support Office, which is a part of the Student Affairs Division. And essentially, what I do in the Learning Support Office is provide disability and academic support services to students. So, if a student has had any sort of diagnosis, um, I work with them on disability accommodations, but then... For all students at CCD, the Learning Support Office also provi- provides and promotes different tutoring services like the Creative Coaches Program, which is peer tutoring, um, the Writing and Art History tutors, which are with faculty, and then one-on-one skills coaching. So if a student ever wanted to come in and any help with skills like time management, procrastination, those kind of things, then we can work with them one-on-one in our, in our office.
0: All right, so what do you do to get focused?
3: Sure. So when I thought about this question, the first two things that came to mind were getting enough sleep and then also listening to music. So sleep is my must. It's one of the things I look forward to the most on my weekends, which is not too exciting. But in order for me to be focused, I have to be well rested Um, Of course, coffee as well. But also, if you're in my office, you're always gonna hear music playing. I'm one of those people that needs background noise and having music in the background just helps me focus and be productive.
0: What is something you do to get pumped up?
3: Okay, so to get pumped up, um, in addition to just my coffee every single morning, definitely any sort of exercise to get motivated. Um, I have to find myself making time to move around. If it's hiking or biking, I'm going on walks. That definitely gets me pumped up, my adrenaline going. Otherwise, just being prepared. I am not a last-minute procrastinator kind of person. So as as much as I can prepare myself, review notes, um, I'm the most effective and productive.
0: Uh, And now tell us about a time when you were in the job search and things didn't quite go so well. And this could be something that ended up uh, positive, like he still got the job or maybe you didn't. And it could be any phase from you sent off an application through to interview, maybe even once you started, just something that was going on that didn't quite go so well
3: yeah absolutely so beyond the the trickiness and the timeliness of job searching um, the hours and days and weekends that can go into finding a job um, with searching for jobs writing cover letters revamping your resume prepping for the interview practicing questions one of um, the most interesting experiences i had when i was job searching was right after undergrad so my undergrads in teaching And um, on top of just doing all those things that does take time to prepare for an interview, I also recommend doing research on who you're interviewing with because they're looking to know more about you, but you should be ready to know more about them to see if it's a good fit. So, I was on the search for a teaching job in the area and... um, Although I prepared myself um, specifically, I did not research the school before I actually went in for an interview. And so I I got myself ready to go. And by the time I got there, um, the school was closed down. And so come to find out, should I have taken that next step to research who I was interviewing with, um, I quickly learned when I came back and kind of looked them up that um, they were no longer a school, and for probably some good reason. I learned the hard way, but now, every time that I prep for any sort of interview process, especially when I'm doing my cover letter or customizing my resume. Definitely looking to see who the company is, who the school is, whomever it is, and what they're all about to make sure it's a good fit for me.
0: What did you want to be when you were little?
3: I wanted to be a veterinarian. I love animals. I grew up with dogs, and my dream as a kid was to have just a giant house that housed all the animals that didn't have homes or weren't loved. Now, I'm not good with science, so I think the moment that I learned that a lot of um, medicine and um, even just the blood hurt aspect came in, um, that just didn't seem like a good career path for me.
0: And you mentioned that music focuses you, you're always listening to music in your office. Who, you, who are you listening to now?
3: My Pandora stations are typically Foster the People, the Lumineers of Monsters and Men, a little bit Maroon 5, The Killers were on earlier, so a little bit of rock in there as well. So that's my my kind of jam.
0: Uh, well, thanks a lot for sitting out with me.
3: Absolutely. Just- thanks, Jordan.
0: Thanks for tuning in. As always, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and like us on Facebook.com First Two Hustle. Hang in there. We're halfway through. I'll catch you next time. Take care. The song featured in this episode is called Mr. Boogaloo by the Wanditos, Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archive.